0: This is the Mining Your Business podcast, a show all about process mining, data science, and advanced business analytics. I am Patrick. With me, as always, my colleague and my friend Jakub. Hey there. Hola. Coming up in this episode, how chatbots are improving the invoice-to-debt cycle, how process mining can drive customer satisfaction, and what a holistic approach to process mining can yield. Let's get into it.
1: Some companies are yet to start with a process mining initiative. Some companies are at the very beginning of the journey, starting with the implementation of the first processes where excitement is still sky high and people are still drunk on the new shiny technology. Some companies are months into process mining projects where the initial thrill is replaced with the realization of how long and fundamentally different this process mining journey is going to be, and that the tool itself, however great, won't solve the problems by itself. And last, there are companies, so-called early adopters, that are already years into process mining and have experienced both highs and lows that undoubtedly come with the territory. Departments of these companies are evolving and making strategic decisions uh, based on the findings from the process mining tools and are literally transforming into the digital ready companies we so often read about in the news. Portuguese electric utilities company EDP is such an organization. To talk about its journey, transformation, uh, and the future steps we have here today, Ricardo Enriquez who is in charge of business and transformation in EDP. Ricardo, welcome to our podcast. It's our utmost pleasure to have you here.
2: Hello, it's a pleasure also to be here and nice opportunity to interact with you.
1: Uh, Yeah, the pleasure is all ours, Ricardo. I was very excited when you you reached out because uh, you are basically a co-author on the book of uh, Process Mining in Action of our uh former guest Lars Reinkemeyer. uh so uh everyone who listens to it uh, if you want to know more about Lars just go and listen to our previous episode uh but uh Ricardo now it's all about you so you are currently uh uh let's say uh, a lead in uh, business enablement and transformation in EDP what does it even mean what is your like uh what are your daily duties for what do you do
2: okay so uh <laughs> Let's start uh, to have uh, um, some context uh, about uh, EDP. So EDP um, aims to be uh, the digital utility and now is present in more than 20 different countries uh, all over the world Mm -hmm. uh, with business in generation, so renewables, traditional generation, um, and all the chain value, so uh, distribution, Uh, shared services and also uh, the retail business of supplying uh, energy. Uh, I'm in the EDP uh, commercial, so we are um, in in the front of uh, the the final users, the final customers, which is a a very uh, interesting challenge to to interact uh, with our final customers and making business with a, um, a huge challenge of the, the energy transition that we are now facing due to the, the climate change. Uh, and now the energy retailers, they are not only us, but uh, almost the, the, this industry, uh, they are trying to be the energy transition uh, partners in the future because it's not uh, anymore uh, a kind of um, selling energy, electricity or gas, but uh, provide additional services and additional uh, energy efficiency Mm -hmm. services for the future, like we have electrical mobility or uh, solar PV uh, solutions and things like that. So Mm -hmm. my role, and I'm leading um, a team, with the five different uh, uh, areas, the Business enablement and Transformation Team. The first one is uh, regarding our uh, business process management and where we are um, doing all the business uh, mapping and the business cartography uh, of uh, EDP Commercial uh, and also where we are certifying our company with um, ISO 9001. This is the, the, the first uh, area that, that we have. Another one is uh, regarding knowledge management, because we uh, have to support all the front offices, uh, contact centers, uh, branch offices, and also back office operations with a lot of um, contacts, uh, procedures, uh, sales offer um, contents. So the knowledge management is completely crucial. Uh, and later I could share with you that knowledge management is also a uh, relation with the uh, process mining. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the third one is um, uh, robotic process automation. So where we are working since uh, six years ago um, and we are uh, making very interesting initiative with a federated model so we don't have a traditional approach uh, of a coe and creating and maintaining everything we are uh, making all the upskilling of a community with more than 20 people that are in the hr or in the financial and the operations uh, teams and and they are uh, creating and maintaining their own robots um the fourth uh, mission yeah, and and is the the most related with process mining is uh, regarding process intelligence thousands where we start uh, more or less uh, 4 years ago mm-hmm. uh, and where we uh, are working in the all the sales to depth uh, silo, uh, cycle not only for b2c but also to b2b uh, segments and the last one is the digital acceleration so our team is pivoting uh, every uh, initiative regarding, for example, if we want to make a augmented reality a digital project for a specific part of a, uh, a process, um, we are pivoting with our IT team.
0: Fantastic. So um, I wanted to ask just how much does process mining play a role in your digital transformation in your um, like goal into modeling these processes internally
2: okay, so um, this is a, a journey uh, and now we have a, a completely different maturity level compared uh, with uh, uh, four years ago but now I, I could share with you that uh, process mining is uh, uh, completely um, impregnated uh, in in our Uh, In in, in our structure, Uh, not only because we are censoring business every day with more than uh, 100 uh, operational alarms where we are monitoring uh, our processes, but also because we are uh, making process mining uh, initiatives using um, a capture uh, value methodology. And we could deep dive a little bit about that uh, way of uh, sustain and retain uh, value in a systematic way. Uh, so, and, and this all this work is um, uh, based in people collaboration. So, we, we have a, a central team, but also uh, process mining uh, champions that are collaborating with us. And in a daily base, we have more than uh, 100 uh, business users that are consuming uh, process mining for wow. the daily operations. Wow,
1: that is quite a lot. Before Patrick asked the question, I must just say how, how great it's even to, to listen to this, because where we usually are as an implementation partner, we are at the beginning of the journey and we are you know trying to set up these structures uh, and it's a long journey. And just to listen to you where you are already at, it's 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 amazing with 100 business users, with these structures in place where process mining is really supporting other initiatives and other departments. It's it's lovely.
0: And now, Patrick, to your question. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to ask, you mentioned this earlier, you're looking at the invoice to debt cycle. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about what that means specifically?
2: Okay, so uh, four years ago, we made we made the, the first uh, uh, proof of value regarding uh, invoice to them. So we uh, try to f- find out uh, after generate a, a, an invoice, uh, we collect a bunch of uh, events uh, until the um, supply, uh, energy supply interruption. So uh, if customer is paying or not the, that invoice, We are controlling uh, all all that uh, initial cycle. Uh, So we have um, uh, billing uh, uh, inside. We also have uh, collection and debt management. But that was only uh, our uh, POV because after in the the -hmm. first moment of uh, our project um, we expand uh, a little bit that um, that cycle so we uh integrate all uh, uh also the the sales part of uh uh contracting and also the the lead generation um which is a little bit different uh, if we compare the the b2c uh, right. cycle with the uh, the b2b and we also uh are uh u- using process mining for the customer care so all the entire cycle regarding for example Information requests, operational requests, uh, uh, complaints uh, we are managing with with process mining.
1: Uh, May I ask what was uh, the initial, let's say, uh, reason why you even opted out or started using process mining in the first place? Was it uh, that you were already aware that there might be some inefficiencies in the process or that you just wanted a full transparency? Or what was the trigger for you for EDP? To start using process mining for these specific uh, processes
2: yeah so regarding uh, our energy retail business uh, we have uh, to to balance uh, uh, different kind of uh, challenges and and goals so um, we uh, we try to to, to solve some uh, complex um, problems uh, regarding our the, the nature of our business because we have more than 4 million uh, customers in, in, in Portugal. So uh, it's not so easy to um, solve complex problems when you have to work with a big data uh, approach and also uh, to understand customer uh, behaviors uh, in a, a massive way. But uh, I think the, the the main goals were to increase our customer satisfaction. And we are measuring this every year uh, through the NPS. Well, uh, the other goal was related with uh, reduce the, the cost to serve. Uh, so we need to, mm-hmm. to be more uh, efficient, efficient while uh, we should be more uh, relevant. to to our uh, customers. Um, We need to increase uh, the the sales opportunity and uh, have a a strongest um, time to value. So uh, trying to be uh, relevant for our customers Uh, and um, also ensure compliance and uh, regulatory uh, obligations. So the main three dimensions were be relevant, while uh, being uh, efficient and um, compliant, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I got here a, one one specific question. So I actually uh, studied smart buildings as uh, my uh, my as my masters, and uh, since we are talking about these uh, invoice to debt cycle or sales to debt cycle, uh, there are activities such as uh, meter reading and uh, creation of the meter. So basically, that's uh, if I understand it correctly, that's something that's coming from the customer side, like uh, an actual, uh, some, some machine that's reading the data back into your systems. And uh, usually when we do implementations of process mining, it's quite straightforward. We have this system for invoices, sales, purchases, and everything. And the, the streamline of the data is relatively easy, I would say. Uh, were you facing some difficulties in this in in this specific uh, regard, uh, which is the data collection, or how how uh, did you address that at the beginning?
2: Yeah, uh, that was also uh, in the first uh, year of our project. Uh, so we we need to deal with a, a complex environment. So we are not only a traditional um, SAP uh, system uh, architecture. Mm-hmm. So the the first uh, main challenge was to lead with a uh, different kind of op- operational systems, not only SAP but also uh, from another uh, another vendors, and even regarding um, the the meter readings, um, I could share with you that we have uh, two uh, different kind of approaches. So um, in Portugal, we could have uh, the DSO, so the the operator of the grid. That is uh, uh, in charge to provide that uh, that data to to the retailers. Uh, so in that case, we are uh, takers. But uh, we could also have the the our customers giving us the mm-hmm. the meter readings. So uh, regarding this, uh, we are using also uh, process mining um, to uh, understand um in the in the meter meter reading uh, activity um and to uh, have some reconciliation between both uh, visions so not only the right. the retailer but also the the DSL and this is very interesting because is a, a way to uh, understand where are the gaps and where we could improve and where we could also uh, uh, interact with the DSO and and try to to Im- improve this uh, part that is very important.
1: Were there some some when you first implemented this? And I I have to be honest, I've never seen this process before, so this is very interesting for me. Were there like already at the very beginning when you were doing the POV, uh, like a first uh, these moments when you were thinking, "Wow, is this really how our process looks like?"
2: Yeah. We we have uh, several, but uh, I, I could uh, share with you one that was very interesting. Uh, so we we start to uh, and, uh, understand um, uh, one one uh, specific month uh, of uh, billing, uh, and we discovered that uh, our invoices um, uh, are going through. Uh, Five thousand different uh, routes uh, until oh, wow. the death. <laughs> so uh, we confirm that is uh, completely impossible uh, for a human. And the process owner, uh, it could explain the epipath. Some exceptions, but uh, having this uh, this this vision uh, is uh, is is difficult to, to a human to, to explain.
0: Absolutely um you also mentioned before and I, I this is one of the key points that i've learned personally from the podcast is just how much value you can produce for the end customer of any process right so when you were mentioning that you were looking to drive the value of your end customers as much as possible um it was really nice to see that you know some of these things that we've learned over the the years is actually being you know um also done properly um at, at edp one of the things that i wanted to ask though was how do you measure that customer satisfaction at the end? Like, what's what's the metric? How do you define that the process improvements that you've learned or the process insights correlate to the customer satisfaction at the end?
2: Yeah. So, regarding that, we have uh, different ways um, to, to measure. Um, ways that are more detailed um, compared with the another ones. So, um the the first way to to manage to 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 measure is that we are using um a voice of customer uh mechanisms so for example uh if we if, if a customer contact us in the in the in the final of the the interaction well after that we uh, try to get uh, a specific feedback in that uh uh case. And we are integrated that uh, rating in our process mining uh, tool uh, like context. So as you are seeing, this is very interesting because um, Mm it could give us a different vision about how we are executing the the process uh, also with the the satisfaction uh, KPIs or things like that so this this is one first way of uh, of measure uh and the other one that is a broad is regarding the nps so we also uh, have uh, nps measurement
1: uh uh just sorry to stop you right there could you say what nps stands for Uh, yeah yeah yeah
2: net uh, net promoter score so net promoter score is a um a standard metric to measure customer satisfaction uh, is a little bit uh, more uh, wider, not so uh, detailed, but um, I think when we combine um, voice of customer uh, and also NPS, this is a, a good way. Um, there are another ones, but this, these two ones are very useful to, to measure.
0: So from what I understood is that there are context clues of the satisfaction of the customer that are put into the process. So from from point A to sending the invoice to point B, there's like a measurement score of this is how satisfied our customers are with this part of our process. Yes. Yes.
1: Oh wow. That is very interesting, actually. <laughs> I never thought of that.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: We always just measure the throughput time or you know, automation the, the rate or something. Yeah, yeah. But this is something new. Uh interesting uh I, I was also wondering like when you starting doing these things uh where the changes in in terms of thinking about the process and maybe also in terms of the uh, slowly slowly improving customer satisfaction was it sudden or did it take uh let's say a couple of months or even years before you start seeing some results because i know a lot of a lot of customers of ours and a lot of uh companies organizations that are doing process mining have these very high expectations that are built up by reading and seeing or listening to content as ours where people are already saying the the, the successes. But in your case, uh, how long did it even take to 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 adapt and to to improve whatever you were measuring?
2: Okay, so regarding uh, um, capture value in a, a systematic way, um, we uh, the, the the first. Uh, lesson was uh, we we tried not to have an interruption between the pov and the the, the real project so um continuing to to deliver, to trying to to deliver uh value we we didn't have any interruption between the pov and, and project but uh, i have to agree uh, that uh, in the the first year of the project um the the focus uh, in our team uh, was more to set up uh, all the the infrastructure right. uh, all the technical parts and also um uh prepare our s- uh, central team uh to 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 manage this uh, this new uh, reality um and also uh, to to learn uh not only um, uh, functional knowledge about our processes. So I think the the first year was more uh, a discovery phase uh, year focused in in the the B2C. Right. Um, But uh, in average, we took uh, almost uh, um, four um, to six uh, uh, weeks discovering uh, each uh, new 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 process so wow. because uh, it, it also takes some uh, some time but uh, in the in the first year we also uh, productize uh, our way of delivery so we are using agile uh, scrum approach uh, but uh, yes I, I think that um, capturing value is not uh, uh, Im- immediately but uh, it also depends on the the scope of our uh, and the ambition of, of your uh, initiative. So, in our case, we know th- that we have uh, uh, only to to give you a, a current metric. We have sixty five million um, cases uh, in in the process mining. So, uh, that takes time to to. To to create the uh, all this ecosystem.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure it does. And again, this is something that I would I'm always trying to put a lot of emphasis when starting with a project, basically saying that Rome wasn't built in a day, and it takes time to get <laughs> from from uh, not doing process mining to actually, uh, you know, harvesting the fruit of your labor. Um, another question I have is whether uh after implementing process mining and getting used to it and everything was that something you could finally do that you couldn't do before you have the process mining
2: yes uh the the, the first the first thing that uh, um now we we have um i think that we have uh, several uh, different topics here to answer you So the first one is uh, um, operational control and uh, all the censoring uh, in in our business, which is very important due to the uh, obligation regulatory things. Uh, So for us, that part is is very important. And without process mining, uh, it was... um, very difficult to understand uh process exceptions so uh, we are censoring our business because we need to find out uh, everyday uh, exceptions that are running in our process uh, another thing is that uh, that process exceptions uh sometimes um they are not only being delivered to humans so we have robots uh, handling automatically that uh, process exceptions. So that uh, that was uh, also a, a different uh, way of work. Um, and we are also uh, changing in almost the, the last uh, three years uh, and supporting the, the decision makers with a, a more transparent uh, vision uh, and all, not only a more transparent vision, but also if we need to simulate uh, a specific change in a, a process, for example, contact um, our customers uh, two days before or or later, uh, which kind of uh, impact uh, we are having not only in that uh, in that silo, uh, but also in the entire uh, customer experience. So uh, visualize all the customer experience is something that now we we are having. And last but not least, I think that uh, is a a huge difference. Uh, And this year we are taking part uh, of that Uh, is that we are having um, more valuable uh, use cases regarding, for example, um, process automation because of the insights that are coming from process mining uh, uh, analyzes. Mm -hmm. So um, people are asking, oh, very interesting. Now we we have less use cases, but each use case uh, has a lot of value inside. Yes, it has a lot of value because uh, it was uh, analyzed with, with process mining.
0: Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned that you have some part of the, the robotic um, processes that ca- kind of trigger the non-compliant ones. Can you tell me a little bit more about how that works, how the system detects this, and um, what you do then with these non-compliant processes?
2: Okay, so uh, regarding process exceptions, uh, when we uh, <clears throat> discover uh, a, a new a new process, Uh, The the first um, activity that that we are uh, doing is, okay, in the discovery phase, we we try to understand some uh, key process performance uh, indicators related with the the process. Also, some key uh, uh, performance indicators regarding business. And there, we try to uh, identify... um, in, in a, a suggestive way from process mining if we have some variance that we need to handle um, using process mining so uh, implementing some new uh, operational alarms or even if our uh, process owners or the process specialists um, gives us uh, that, that kind of, uh, of information. So uh After that, and after implementing that uh, kind of uh, alarms, um, we could deliver that information uh f- to to humans. but in certain times uh, we find out that humans are uh, will be uh, handle that uh, that input uh, with a repetitive work, so as we also have uh, in parallel. Mm-hmm. Our uh, RPA ecosystem. We integrate uh, both worlds, um, and we have uh, robots that uh, will take that uh, input and go um, uh, and and do all the the work that that was the humans before doing that.
0: Great. Um, you also mentioned something about simulations. I was also really um, wondering how that works. Do, do you look at past processes, past process variants, and future or um, other process variants, and just benchmark the two? Or how do you go about simulating what a potential change in a process would look like?
2: Yeah, uh, we, we didn't start yet uh, um, simulation, uh, process simulation, uh, the the pure one, because we we uh, don't, don't have yet that... Um, capabilities, when I talk about uh, simulation was more to uh, understand if I change um, uh, uh, a specific um, activity, um, after that being uh, really fast, uh, understanding uh, and confirming if we are succeeding uh, or not. Okay. So, um, but... Uh, in the in the future our idea is, is to 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 simulate in in reality so when i talk here about simulation it was more to giving the capabilities to the the process owner and the process specialist uh, okay let's um pilot uh, a, a little different year in the the process and and try to uh, understand if we are having more or less uh, success
1: right um ricardo i was also uh, intrigued when you said that uh, basically process mining now consists of let's say or it's making 20 percent of everything that you are doing now and it's just a uh, let's say part of the ecosystem in all these other uh technological uh developments and other tools that you're using and i know that in our communication previous this this interview You mentioned also the usage of process mining uh, together with RPAs and even chatbots. Could you elaborate on what you even meant by that and what role in this whole ecosystem does process mining play?
2: Okay, so um, regarding all the intelligent automation uh, ecosystem, uh, and uh, as we also have some years of experience, uh, we um, create the, uh, a vision about uh, uh, which kind of value um, can we capture uh, when we combine uh, s- uh, some some of, of those uh, technology. Uh, and regarding uh, interactive automation, so assisted uh, automation. So when we combine chatbots with the RPA behind the chatbots, uh, process mining could play uh, different roles and very uh, interesting and important uh, different roles. Why? Because if we uh, make a, a previous analysis uh, of the process, process mining could have uh, the right inputs to design the chatbot so we will not script the the chatbot with the the human bias uh, of, of the process so this is uh, uh this is also uh very powerful um because sorry, yeah, yeah.
1: sorry to interrupt could you maybe give us a real example from that process that we were that you were analyzing before basically that uh either the customer satisfaction or uh the the uh, depth to, or sorry, uh, invoice to depth. Like it's actually interesting. I never thought in it uh, about it in this way. So uh, an actual example would be really helpful.
2: Yeah, yeah. Imagine with process mining, uh, we um, analyze our gas uh, contract uh, process, and we understood that uh, we have a, a variance of twenty different uh, routes between having the first contact. And activating uh, a contract, okay, Um, with with a variance of different uh, twenty different routes, uh, we design uh, a chatbot to assist our front office teams to uh, give them um, the right recommendation about how they should uh, um, activate the happy path when they will operate uh, CRM systems and, and things like, like that. So it's only a, a, a recommendation chatbot, but that recommendation chatbot has a lot of insights from uh, process mining wow. because all the variance uh, that that we find out uh, is, is there. Before having the, this chatbot, what happened was the humans in the half times they will fail because uh, there is um, big uh, issues and, and challenges uh, to to know every different uh, 20 routes uh, to to deal with the, with this kind of uh, um, of particulars so uh, the the idea here is, is to empower the the front office with the with this knowledge mm-hmm. in real time
1: so essentially what you're doing, taking the the uh, learnings, the key findings from process mining, implementing it into the chatbot who already like knows if there is this kind of deviation, it's very likely that there might be a problem at some point. So, uh, you know, chatbot should tell the people, oh, did you actually want it to do something differently like that? And basically navigate them into uh, so that the the, the the variant gets back into the happy path right yes
2: and after that uh, this is the previous part so to create the chatbots but after that we could and we are also using uh, process mining to uh, monitor the the user um, interaction with the with the chatbot so which kind of routes of conversation the the users uh, are mostly uh, using in the chatbot And not only that, but also confirm the success after the conversation with the chatbot and confirm, for example, if the user used the the chatbot and the contract activates in the the EpiPath terms. So confirming also the the success. So this entire vision is also very interesting uh, regarding the adoption because we could demonstrate to our uh, front office uh, users, if they uh, should or not use the, the the chatbot, and if they are using in the in the best way.
1: Uh, apart from chatbots, what other technologies are you already, as as EDP, implementing or uh, putting together uh, to work in this ecosystem with process mining?
2: Yeah. Uh, so. The other connection that we have is uh, with the uh, RPA. So with all, all the mimicking and uh, uh, human-like um, automation. Uh, and there, uh, process mining uh, is also playing uh, an important role because uh, process mining could be uh, a way to confirm if the robots are um, performing well. If they are doing the right job, or if they are, um, if we need to redesign a little bit the the process, and even to confirm that uh, sometimes when we have uh, a lot of rework uh, and uh, repetitions, uh, maybe we should regret a little bit and uh, um, not having a, a robot, but. Uh, Maybe a human uh, should be better,
1: right? Uh, Ricardo, we had the, we visited recently a process mining conference in Eindhoven, where there was a panel discussion, which was very interesting to me, and that was like uh, let's say a battle between two sides, where one was pro automation and one was against automation, and basically there was uh, there was a speaker, uh, Kasper Jans from Software AG, who was saying that. Uh, Automation is just a band-aid in terms of of processes that, uh, you know, if you have to automate some part of the process, maybe you should think about whether redesigning the process first uh, should be a better way so that you don't even need the automation. Because eventually it could turn into this uh, massive uh, environment where everything is automated and, you know, there could be coming some other problems with that. Uh, and I know you actually wrote a little article about uh, to automate or not to automate on on LinkedIn as well. What are your takes on automation, especially after you see the process and you are measuring how automated uh, separate activities are? And uh, you know, would you rather go the way of automating everything or just stepping a, uh, stepping back and saying maybe our process needs some redes- uh, you know redesigning first?
2: Yes. I completely agree with that. So we uh, should not um, automate uh, inefficiency because we are only uh, expand, expanding that. Uh, so in our case, uh, we made some uh, also cultural movements that I also want to share with you. The, one of them was that we create a, an RPA manifesto. So. To um, educate our uh, entire community regarding automation, that uh, we should not um, uh, automate uh, processes. Um, we, we should, before uh, automate, we should uh, uh, re-engineer or um, redesign uh, the, the the process. Uh, we we. Only need to to automate uh, if we conclude that um, automation will uh, add add value. And another uh, question that we always um, are making is uh, how long and what is the life cycle of this robot. So we have we also have a practice, and uh, in our case, every year we are decommissioning uh, almost twenty percent. Of our robots so if you see our automation portfolio uh, we don't have uh, more and more and more robots every every year yes we have uh, increasing because the the scope is also increasing so we have more and more teams uh, using uh, automation but uh, we have this uh, very important rule of uh, asking okay um how long uh, this uh, robot will uh, survive.
0: <laughs> is that a rule that's followed strictly? Like we say, hey, this robot will only be operating for six months, but then it keeps getting extended because its value is being proven. Do you have to reevaluate things or is it after six months? No, it's dead. We're, we're going to move on.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, we need to to manage the, the business impact uh, of, of doing that uh but uh, in our case uh, as we are using a, a federated model um i could share with you that uh, is a, a natural movement so when i now um observe our uh, automation portfolio um i could see that uh, only to share with you uh, we have uh, almost 50% of our portfolio uh, that uh, burns this year so is a is a, a fresh one, um, but uh, I, I could share also with you that uh, maybe we have one or two um, automations that uh, could have uh, three or four years. So, with with the right um, uh, just justification, I think that is uh, possible because sometimes we are talking about uh, external systems or external uh, processes that we are not uh, in charge or that we could not control um,
1: yeah uh, uh ricardo you also mentioned that you kind of created this uh intelligent operations in the future pro- or uh basically you have this inset uh thing which stands for strategy in the age of digital disruption program uh could you elaborate a bit more on what that means and uh w- what does it even do in your organization because I also have a follow-up question on that, and that's specifically uh, how important is creating these overall strategy, this overall, uh, let's say, I would even call it department that oversees these operations uh, in terms of uh, adoption and uh, you know, how, what departments and in what form should they use these automation tools, these process mining tools, and so on. So if you could talk a bit about the structure that you've created in EDP. I, I'm quite certain that a lot of listeners will find a lot of value in that.
2: Okay, so having a, a step back, so EDP um, is aiming to to be the, the future proof uh, organization, uh, and to to be the future proof uh, organization um, must be global, agile, and uh, efficient, uh, working with uh, with uh, talented and empowered people. So. Um, we need uh, to create uh, that governance models um, uh, behind the, the scenes to engage. Uh, and what we are doing here specifically in uh, EDP Comercial uh, is that we are uh, trying to um, giving uh, this uh, innovative and digitally driven way of work uh, to the business operations teams so to the people that is uh, uh uh daily uh trying to solve their own problems and and not creating a culture of uh, someone that is always requesting um uh, to the, the the problem to be solved right. uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I see um so uh... Would you say that having it, uh, having someone overseeing it uh, who is not like a department dependent, is an important step? Because I, I for instance, have a, a, a very recent experience where a customer is really struggling because they adopted a process mining tool as a, as let's say, one specific department, uh, some some per procurement department. And now there is really no clear vision on how they can upgrade or take it over to other departments because they have been clearly uh, getting the value out of the tool. But uh, there is still lacking the force behind that could take it and carry it over to the whole organization and basically change this whole understanding on how that can be leveraged.
2: Yeah. Regarding that, my my recommendation, uh, according to my experience, is to um, have this entire vision, uh, I think having a a, a specific initial project or initial uh, challenge is very interesting. But uh, uh, in some moment in time, uh, we need to scale. So to scale, uh, we need to... um, try to have that uh, entire vision uh, of the operational excellence also. So uh, trying to integrate not only a specific process, but uh, uh, another ones that uh, could also be uh, involved in, in the initiative. Um, so he- he- having uh, teams like uh, my team, that is a, a business enablement and mm-hmm. transformation team, so we are the the supporters of that uh, strategy um but we we are uh, behind the scenes so we are not the ones that are uh, on the stage uh, <laughs> but we are creating the stage uh so uh, and, and the, another uh, point that i uh, would also share with you is uh, uh, around the intelligent operations uh, because companies we'll see in the no, some companies are uh, now capturing value and they understand what is a, an intelligent operation model uh, but i think that is also a, a next step that uh, companies will will um, try to to embrace
0: May I ask? So it's what it sounds like from this last forty-five minutes that we've been speaking that EDP has a very holistic approach to process mining, right? Mm-hmm. Looking at the value um, in the value-based insights uh, for the customer, looking at how process mining can integrate into not just you know the the explorative data um, process uh, view, but also how it integrates into RPA and things like that. It seems like a very holistic approach in that sense. Now. It's been 4 years in the making. There's a very high user adoption, a lot of users using the tool. And do you have a tip, a trick or two that you can share for anybody that's at the start of their um um process mining journey? You know, it's a big task, it's a large transformation for um customers. Is there anything you'd like to share to, you know, give hope to make them forge, uh, forge ahead and continue <laughs> with their journey?
2: So w- with 4 years of experience I think that we could make another podcast <laughs> 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 only around key learnings. <laughs> yes, but I, I I will try to select uh, some of the most important ones. And yes, uh, it's not easy to to reach uh, the the this uh, maturity level is a journey, It's not immediately so, um, we need also to try to manage in the very beginning some anxiety uh, that could uh, uh, come from uh, the investors or the sponsors of the, the, this initiative. So, but the, the first one, the first key learning that I like to, to share with you is that uh, process mining uh, is not so obvious to understand. So, this is a um, A huge uh, step that we need because people are traditional uh, uh, patterns of work uh, with uh, BI and also process mapping. So, here we are working in a a different stage. So, uh, we need to uh, invest a lot uh, explaining what is process mind. Okay. Even four years ago, uh, we have some people that is not uh, understanding what is uh, process mining. So uh, we should invest a lot on the, the concepts uh, and the impact, the relation with business. So uh, the the adoption, um, we, we mm-hmm. need to, to create uh, this and uh, establish this kind of process mining community with regular communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, having um, business users that uh, sometimes they are not in the, the same maturity level. So we need to uh, deal with the different kind of maturity levels. Uh, but this is very interesting because because in in some uh, moment in time, uh, the members of the community, they are helping each other. So um, it's not only... Um, uh, a challenge is also very uh, exciting to to work in this sense of uh, community, where the upskilling uh, around process mining knowledge is, is uh, completely essential. The other point is um, when we join uh, technical and functional knowledge, uh, we are discovering and analyzing processes, and, and we productize the the delivery model of process mining initiative. So we are introducing speed and efficiency so be careful mm-hmm. uh, uh, around that uh, if we if you have uh, technical people and functional people and they are almost far away from each other and you don't have an agile product delivering so we need to we could face uh, some issues uh, around efficiency or even I uh, speed imagine. And the last one uh, uh, is that uh, we need to be completely obsessive about capturing value uh, from process mining in a systematic way um, and uh, add the final layer of uh, um, having a methodology uh, above knowledge and the technology. So we could have technology, we could have knowledge about processes, but we need also to have this methodology. To, to capture
1: that That was uh, very well said Ricardo um, well, since we are l- running out of time here for our the episode uh, I was just wondering where could people go and let's say find out more about what you do in EDP or maybe even get in touch with you
2: you you could uh, reach me not only through the process mining in action book <laughs> uh, this is a uh, an important uh, first step, uh, but also in the in the social uh, network. So uh, I'm in LinkedIn, um, and I think that we could, sh- could share uh, my my email. So you could right. count on me to to support you in your journey.
1: That's 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 absolutely great, uh, Ricardo. This has been uh, really lovely. I'm very happy to to, to hear on how an organization already transformed in all those years looking back uh four or five years and where they are now and i hope our listeners also could uh, get a lot of value from from this our discussion and uh, to you listeners thank you very much for for uh, being here with us uh, we are very happy to have you if you like us rate us on apple podcast tell us about your friends or to your colleagues uh we are certain that there could be something for everyone in our business focused uh, business-focused, uh podcast if you have any question just reach us out on mining your business podcast at the gmail.com we are always replying if it's not a spam of course (laughs) and we'll be looking forward to hear from you and uh you know we will be here in two weeks with the next episode of mining your business podcast so thank you very much thank you ricardo for making the time for us and uh good luck on your process mining journey in edp thank you bye-bye
2: bye-bye